Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, August 29th, 2011. And, you know, no matter how long I'm in front of the computer, before we take the handoff, I always end up looking at the date right as I'm saying that. So, uh, all apologies. Uh, it's good to be back in front of the mic. I've been in front of the mic every week. But, uh, you know, what's what's nice to have is the ability to do this. Mr. Skullhead. Hey, you're still alive. It's so sweet, Mr. Skullhead, to hear your voice. It is. The, your dulcet tones. Your tones have gotten only more dulcet in the in the absence. They're being filtered through a couple of weeks of mountain man beard growth, I think is what's going on here. Oh, that's good. Let's soften the tone a little bit. Yeah. Every thought- time my facial hair grows out, Mr. Skullhead, there is more fucking gray in it than there was the previous time. Yeah, that's going to happen. Every time, yeah, I I, so. uh, every time I let the hair on my head grow out, there's less of it than before. Hey, uh, that started pretty early for you, didn't it? Yeah, around about 20, 21. Nice. Right about the nice. age where I wanted to find a girl and, and uh, find a woman and have sex with them. Thanks a lot for that one, God. Yep. That's totally fair and even-handed in the way that you distribute it amongst men. Feels good to be sitting in a chair. Uh, There was a surprising dearth of uh, chairs eroded uh, into rocks. You'd think that all of the people who have done that trail in the past hundred years that it's been up would have, like, worn down places into natural chairs. Yeah, you'd think. People who do that don't... uh, don't It seems to attract a more active set. (laughs) Who go on 93-mile hikes. Yeah, it tends yeah. To be. It's not, not so much the sitting around crowd. Uh, it turns out that, uh, given given the data that I collected from Wikipedia, uh, we represented like two percent of the people who do that uh, this year. Huh? Like it was long, uh, and there were a lot of um, a lot of points where you had to carry a bunch of shit up a hill, right? Um, and then sleep in it or eat it. <laughs> Or decide whether you want to sleep in it or eat it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, evolution has provided us with a fairly robust set of tools for making that decision. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, which uh, modern society fucks with, you know, given the given the corn blankets and stuff yeah. that, that the factory agriculture complex foists on us. Um, the edible pajamas. So I was thinking about, uh, like, I was thinking about things while I was climbing these fucking hills. Uh, During the uphill parts of these hikes, I always vow to just sell all of my gear the moment I get back into town and never fucking do that again. So you won't even be tempted to do it again? Yeah. Uh, And then I got to thinking, all right, imagine a guy came up to you and said, all right, Mr. Skullhead, the most beautiful woman in the world is in this office building. And she totally wants to have sex with you. She's just waiting. Uh, she's in an office on the 250th floor. It's locked. Uh, here's the key. Key weighs 45 pounds, uh, huh. and the elevator's broken. Gotcha. Would you haul that key up those stairs to fuck that woman? You know, I wouldn't. All other things being equal. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying because, you know, you're married. Yeah, so, I mean, no, I mean, we're in the hypothetical realm where we fuck whoever sure. we want. Yeah, an infinite frictionless plane. Uh, I mean, where... a realm that is hypothetical for me, and not not so much for you. Um, 
Some would argue oh, yeah. that I do fuck whoever I want. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> I want who I fuck is not the same as I fuck who I want. I yeah, remember well, I mean, that in the, uh, you the, the one you bridge, want. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> anyway, no, but, you know, and then I was also thinking, like, hey, got this, uh, got this exercise program I'm going to propose to you. Uh, 12 hours a day of rigorous cardio uh, for uh, 11 days in a row. If they would say, and then when you're done with that, you'll be like 20 pounds lighter and you'll, you can go about your business. I think I might go for that. I think, I don't know. I, uh, I lost five pounds. I think it's, it's really, it's impossible to say, right? Like I, I I won't know until I aggregate like a week's worth of weighings, whether that actually means anything. I think that I I would have gone with you on this trip as a, like a single man on a frictionless plane. I think, think? yeah, I think that I would have trained and done it because I've really enjoyed the, you know, quote unquote long hikes that I've taken in the past. I, I very much enjoy the camping. Um, I, I, you know, I think my favorite part of it is the sort of outfitting. I I was, I was saying to Saurabh, I'm like, you know, I like this part of the trip, like the getting your, getting your shit together because it's like a video game. And he was like, how is it like a video game? And I said, well, you know, it's like. It's like uh, you know, getting your provisions together for an adventure. Yeah, putting which together I guess your loadout. More yeah. a, is more a way in which a video game is like the more interesting things you do in real life. <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy that part. I really enjoy like, all right, so like what, like going through the grocery store with this completely backwards pair of glasses on, where you're like, all right, what has the most calories in the least amount of space and weight. Huh. You know, it is a is a fascinating thing to do because you don't normally think about that, right? And it's like, all right, is this bag of licorice going to make me happy enough on the trail that it is worth carrying a bag of licorice? And like, fuck yeah, it is. And in my notes, take five times as much licorice um, is is what I learned this time. It's weird. You never know, right? Like if you're hiking when it's hot, you really crave salty stuff. So it's like nuts and jerky. But if you're hiking where it's cold, you crave sweet stuff. So it's like licorice and just licorice. Fucking Cliff Bar. Man, I don't like Cliff Bars. But you kind of can't beat them for energy density. It is weird also like being out there just eating absolutely as much as you can stand to eat and still being at a calorie deficit for the day just yeah. because you've you have climbed the equivalent of two or three hundred flights of stairs Ugh, god um I, it was good it was really pretty uh a lot of snow there were there were a lot of parts where we were sort of like trudging through snow where a misstep potentially resulted in sliding off the edge of a mountain i didn't know there was snow yeah, uh, you know, we were up high enough that, and it's been a, I guess it's been a particularly bad year. Like, it meant that the bears were very sluggish. Uh, uh, that's cause good. I heard you saw you some bears. We did see some bears. Uh, not None that were close enough to, to be a big deal. And they're, they're, that part of the country only has the kind of bears that you just sort of, if they attack you, you just punch them a couple times and they go away, apparently. Oh, those kind of bears. Uh, I, hate to, uh, I hate to put that theory to the test, but... Uh, you know, supposedly you just you just want to be really aggressive. You just want to make a lot of noise and throw rocks at them and stuff, and they'll back down. Hmm. Uh, the worst thing that you can do is cower or run, because then they will just eat your ass. So they're bully bears. Yeah, yeah. They just can't stand being stood up. To. Um, there were some uh, some marmots, uh, which sort of looked like 
uh, I don't know, that dramatic look hedgehog? Is that a hedgehog or is it a groundhog? They look like groundhogs. They, they, there are chipmunks and woodchucks and squirrels and stuff that are just not at all afraid of people. I guess, you know, they probably get most of their food by just fucking with people's backpacks. Right. And to hang, hang our shit in bear bags every night. I carried a fifth of whiskey. I didn't realize that I was taking this much whiskey until I looked at the amount of whiskey that I was taking. So what you do, you go and you buy some cheap whiskey in a plastic bottle. You pour that whiskey out. You fill the plastic bottles with good whiskey. And then you've got good whiskey in a lightweight bottle. It seems like you would, you should, like, at least give the whiskey to the homeless or something. Because, I mean, even bad whiskey is, like, you can mix a drink with it, right? I thought about that. I thought about that. And I thought, well, I would, you know, so, I, you'd, A, you'd have to find another container to put it in to give it to the homeless. Because it's like, I'm like, hey, hobo, take this, drink it all, and give me back the bottle. Right. And whatever you left on the rim of the bottle, I mean, you know, maybe the whiskey's antiseptic enough to kill hobo AIDS, but probably not. Hobo AIDS, um, as they call it. Yeah, hobo AIDS. It's, uh, it is transmitted through sharing bottles. Yeah. Uh, luckily, hobos are selfish and never share their bottles. <clears throat> yeah, I felt bad about pouring it out because I was like, somebody would drink this and get some, you know, and get some relief from their DTs, probably, is what most people drinking uh, Canadian mist out of a plastic bottle are, are hoping to get. Uh, but I didn't really have time to try to figure out what to do with it or anything to put it in. Uh, but that worked out, and it got lighter as the trip went on. Sure. I'm pretty sure that all the weight that I lost was uh, just tendon mass from my knees because they are feeling pretty creaky and pretty weak. That would point. be yeah, that would be the problem. The downhill, it, it's like the uphill just makes your heart and lungs hurt, but the downhill makes your legs hurt because it's not only are you just like stomping down irregular trails and hopping over roots and stuff, but you also have a whole bunch of extra weight pounding down on you every time. Yeah. Um, did you think about using braces or anything? I, on the very first backpacking trip I went on, I took braces and they were so disgusting and painful after the first day uh, that I was like, you know, this just isn't worth it. I would rather deal with my knees hurting than deal with having this like sweat sleeve strapped onto part of my body. Might not have been as big a deal. Like that was when we were in Utah, so it was hot. Yeah. Um, very sweaty underneath them. Oh, this was a pretty sweaty trip. Despite it got down to the 40s at night, hmm. but my sleeping bag, all weather, and proved uh, proved its metal in that capacity. It was toasty inside there. Um, yeah, I'm glad it's over. We got fucking just crazy season going on here. We've yeah. got a big, complicated item of the month to do in the next couple days so that we can then immediately go to Dragon Con. Well, you know what I saw today that made me excited? I saw a list that had our names and William Shatner's name on it. That's pretty awesome. We have made it, Mr. Skullhead. We have made it onto that list. Also, uh, Boris Vallejo. Oh, excellent. Yeah. We Maybe should be on a panel with Boris Vallejo. In Masturbate, yeah, the and uh, what's yeah, Larry Elmer is the one who did a lot of the the Dragonlance uh, stuff. I uh, I used to get these calendars when I was younger for Christmas every year. The Dragonlance calendars, they were fairly tame. They did not tend to be the TNA kind of fantasy art. Not your uh, were, Frank Frazetta kind of thing. They were more like D N W, like dragons and wizards. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, what did I miss? 
Uh, you know, um, show-wise, I did a solo show that, eh, you know, it it was entertaining. I ended up adding listeners instead of dropping them throughout the show, so that was all right. Uh, last Monday, we did an Adam J. Dunn spectacular, and that was entertaining. Not the baseball player? Yeah. The, no, the baseball player this time. Is there a baseball player named Adam J. Dunn? Yeah, people always ask on the show when he's on to the baseball player. So we just decided, uh, yeah. That's cool. As far as our stuff, uh, the, the Kickstarter is just, uh, they should call it the Kick-Ass Starter. Because mm-hmm. that's what's happening. That's cool. Uh, uh, what what news from the arts man? He has sent me nine colored pages so far. Whoa. That's cool. Out of how many? How many How many pages make a book? 32? 23. 23. That was sort of right. I think the first couple of comic book scripts that I read were 23 pages long. So And so was the original KOL comic that we can't publish ever. Right. So I just got that stuck in my head that that was how long they are. So every book is 23 pages. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, well, that's nice. I mean, that means are they colored and lettered and everything, or do they still have to be lettered? They have to be lettered. He does all the. He's going to do all the coloring and then all the lettering. Uh, d- does the lettering get done with a computer in this uh, yeah, day and so, age? So does the coloring. He scanned in everything to the computer. So. Oh. Oh, that's cool. That's kind of so. Nice, did, but... Does the inking happen on a computer? No, he does the pencils and then he inks them. Then he scans them. He pencils in blue pencil, so it ca- it's invisible to the scanner. Yeah, that's what they say. I've tried that and it didn't work. He may be he may clean it up a little in Photoshop after he scans. I also wonder. I also wonder if there's something you can do with your scanner that's like ignore ignore the blue pencil that scanners are supposed to ignore. Yeah, um. there was. It was nice because the uh, the main character. I had written her as blonde in the script, and but the way he drew her, even in black and white, looked kind of like a redhead. So he showed me the page with her in it, and she was blonde, and I went, huh, it, I think she's a redhead now. Can Is there any way you can do that? And he's like, oh yeah. And ten minutes later, he had just changed <laughs> her hair color and the entire thing. Redheads are wilder in the sack. And that was what I was thinking, my... Uh, 16-year-old female protagonist needed to be wilder in the sack. Of course. I mean, the age of consent in the Kingdom of Loathing is extremely low. It's uh, what your age of consent is in, in on a frictionless plane? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess there was another haboob here. I miss all the haboobs. You do. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, not a lot dust seemed storms? to be on fire when I got home. Hmm. Uh, my cat uh, took a dump in a potted plant for some reason. Is that uh, the first time that's have, ever happened? Yeah, it is. Must have gotten locked in a room longer than she would have liked or something. Not, uh, not entirely sure what was going on there. Uh, we, uh, we hung out in Seattle a bit. We, we ended up coming off of the trail, like, not precisely a day early, but the way the itinerary was, was we had a pretty long last day. But the last campsite was like three miles from the end of the trail. Uh And so it was just like, get up, hike three miles, go check into a hotel long enough to take a shower and then fly out that day. But everybody was collectively like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, no matter how tired we are, 
we are going to be willing to go another three miles downhill to get off of this fucking trail at that point. <laughs> so we stayed in what under normal circumstances would have been a just total ass hotel uh, because PAX was that weekend and there were also some sports games of some sort. Uh, it was nearly impossible to get a hotel room. So we ended up with just this like kind of shitty overpriced hotel by the airport. Uh, but it was magical. Even a shitty hotel is magical compared to a tent. Right. They had, and you there were, were actually like a couple of points of civilization on the trail. Like day eight, we got to a place that had a visitor center uh, that had real plumbing, which was a miracle uh, to us at that point. And also a snack bar that sold beer and cheeseburgers. So, <laughs> so and some cheeseburgers and some beer. Several of each. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two cheeseburgers and a hot dog. I just, we got there and I said, it was like one o'clock and I said, when do you guys close? And they said seven o'clock. And so we just, all right, we're going to stay here for six hours at this table. Uh, we bought a deck of cards from the gift shop and we, uh, just sat just around. Kick it. Sat in chairs. Uh, that was, and that was okay. And then there were a couple of other spots. There, there were a lot of the trail was like sort of, you know, lamely close to roads. Yeah. So there were there were some drive-in there there were lakes that you could drive into and stuff. I uh, I laundered my clothes in a frigid mountain lake. Excellent. I uh, I decided I also needed to launder my delicate bits, and so I wandered out into water about up to my gut, and uh, it was extremely cold. Yeah. Uh, I thought I had known shrinkage before that, Mr. Skullhead, but I had not. What I had thought was shrinkage was not shrinkage. That was just the fact that you have a naturally small penis. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I face that every day. The shower's cold. What are you talking about? It's boiling hot. Oh, okay. it's cold. I'm trying to think of, uh, like, events that took place while you were gone. Celebrities died or anything. Steve Jobs uh, stepped down from Apple, even though I thought that that happened months ago. Right. People were talking about that like it was a, like there was some kind of disagreement he had with someone and stepped down. I thought it was just because he's been in like terrible health. Yeah, I, I think he's like about to die. Seems to be the deal, right? I mean, although I heard conflicting reports about, it. I mean, he got pancreatic cancer, which I thought was just kind of a death sentence, and. And then he got a liver transplant, which seems pretty desperate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Hey, look at those colored pages with a redheaded protagonista. She's sadly not a redheaded stepchild, so all of the beatings that she's going to receive throughout the course of the thing are, are fairly unearned. Well, I mean, they're, they're done in a sexual capacity. Yeah. She likes it. Should I have mentioned on the Kickstarter that it's an intensely pornographic comic? I have a feeling you're going to have a hard time not commissioning uh, a pornographic episode. (laughs) At the very least. Not that you'd sell to somebody. These are my children. uh, I I don't think of them that way. uh Uh-huh. I don't think of my children that way either. Well, then she doesn't need those uh, those perky breasts anymore. And those were not in the description. <laughs> you know, when I, I told him, when I show this to Jake, the first thing he's going to say is, check out her perky breasts. Yeah? Is that what you said? Yeah. It's true. That, that is usually the first thing I notice about anything. 
like a tree. There were a lot of trees out in that woods with relatively perky breasts. Excellent. Ugh, man. There were some messed up trees. We saw the craziest rocks. We saw what I became convinced was actually, like, the remains of a petrified spaceship. (laughs) Apparently, when basalt is ejected from a volcano uh, and encounters water as it is cooling, it forms a really disturbingly regular grid of hexagonal columns. They're not like exactly hexagonal. They're not like regular hexagons, but it just, it looks like, and especially when like say part of the underside of a cliff falls off, it just, it looks like a giant stone honeycomb. Huh. It does not look like a thing that should exist in nature. And there was just this massive chunk of it. And the bottom of the cliff was littered with like, you know, six to eight foot sections of what just looked like fallen columns of hexagonal stone. It, wow. I, it was super weird. It, it just seemed like it, it, this cannot possibly not be man-made. But then you just look and it's like, no, it's obviously there are fucking trees growing out of it and stuff. Like it's, it, That's just the, what the rocks look like in this part of the world. It was very strange. I didn't realize that uh, Mount Rainier is an active volcano. I didn't either. There are all these signs posted around there that are like volcano evacuation route. And it's on this list of like, the there there's this list called the decade list. And I don't know why it's good. It doesn't have anything to do with like, these are likely to erupt within 10 years or anything. It's uh, just some, some name from some other source. But uh, it's a list of the 10 volcanoes that would fuck the most people up if they erupted. Uh-huh. Uh, they're the ones that are sort of closest to densely populated areas. And Mount St. Helens is up there. And I guess there were, there were like a few dozen people that got killed when Mount St. Helens erupted. Cause that, but that was mostly like ash and noxious gas, right? Don't know. I don't exactly. think there were like streams of magma coming down. It blew a significant portion of the top of the mountain off, hmm. which definitely would have fallen in, you know, you can kill somebody with a pretty small rock. Yeah. Just ask. You can ask Goliath, but he's already dead because he was slain with a very small rock. Indeed. There was this bumper sticker. I always wanted to investigate this. There was a bumper sticker on a mini fridge in an office that I worked in years ago uh, that was in the Star Trek V, uh, the Undiscovered Country font. It was, uh, was Star Trek VI. Sorry, Star Trek VI. And it was Very Small Rocks, the Undiscovered Band. Huh. And it was it was a cool bumper sticker, and I wanted to know more about that band, but not enough to have ever looked them up on the internet since then. And it seems like the kind of band name that would come around a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a band called the Young Adults in a movie that I like, but if you look them up now, it's like some other band somewhere else. Oh, yeah. I guess it is always weird to me. Like, did you ever go to Hollywood Alley when you lived in Phoenix? No. It is like a, it's like a divey kind of venue. It's like, it's, it's surprisingly good. Like they have a good tap selection and they actually have uh, oddly good food for being a place that you wouldn't think that you'd, you'd think that they would only have like pickled eggs and shit. 
Um, but it's a fairly good place for a small band to play. But the walls are completely covered with stickers. Just thousands upon thousands of stickers. And I remember sitting there once, and I was kind of drunk, and I was thinking, like, every one of those stickers represents a project that somebody, and, you know, probably on average two or three people, like, felt strongly enough about to have stickers printed yeah, for your band. And just thinking about, like, how much chaff there is compared to wheat in musical acts as evidenced by the fact that, like, I'd never heard of any of those bands. Right? Yeah. And how many how many years' worth of accumulation is that? Who knows? Like, uh, and how many of those were put up by the people who were in the bands versus just, like, oh, somebody gave me this free sticker, I'm going to slap it on the wall at a bar or whatever. But, like, how many bands do you think there are? Like, yes. I feel like on any given night in any major population center, there are probably 30 local bands playing yeah, you'd have to get you'd have to go for the like have played more than one show. Right? Cuz like there are probably bands who have played at a couple of college parties who have had some stickers made. You think? But yeah. I think so good like the price, the cost of entry for that is pretty low. I guess I guess it is. I mean, I guess there was still, like one of the things that's been weird for me in this whole Kingdom of Loathing project is finding out how relatively simple it is to get like physical objects created to your specifications yeah you know like in a lot of cases like fucking those toys was just a huge complicated nightmare right but like a sticker like a pint glass with your logo on it yeah um you know like a shirt uh, things that always seem to me in my younger days to be like oh man they got a shirt they're serious you know, because like, that's a commitment. You wouldn't make a shirt if you were just fucking around. Okay. Like, no, you make a shirt if you were just fucking around. It costs like twenty five bucks, start to finish. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It 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 was. Yeah. I kind of got the sense from looking at that wall of band stickers. Like, I feel like people get when they look at a star filled sky. It was just like, wow, like the the just breadth of effort that, that has been put into this like there is just a lot of shit out there there are a lot of people with hopes and dreams and passions just like mine doing stuff and making stickers about it and like the fuck what's the story with those guys you couldn't learn about all of them if you dedicated the rest of your life to learning about all of those guys you couldn't yeah, there's just too, even much, like, too much of listening to a single song from every one of those bands would take the rest of your life yeah it's pretty weird man it's pretty weird oh I also felt that way about the weird hexagonal columnar basalt <laughs> I had to bring it back <laughs> around to columnar basalt um, there were a bunch of waterfalls on the trail which were very pretty did you take many pictures I did actually I took I took probably like 100 or 150 pictures they pictures I mean I took them with my phone right which does not have the best camera in the world right. um, I discovered about halfway through that there was an, a high dynamic range setting that made it much that made the pictures outdoors much better like a lot of them that there was any kind of bright sky and got really blown out up until that my goal was to take a picture take pictures of the mountain whenever I saw it 
so that I could then make an animated GIF of the mountain rotating. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's going to work or not. Like, because the, the times at which you can see the mountain peak were actually surprisingly rare. Um, so I don't know if the, I don't know if the granularity is there to make it actually look like it's rotating. You know, there are days when you can see it most of the day, but then there's a lot of time when you're just like, mostly, uh, what the view was, was like, say a 45 degree angle slope of just dense pine forest with fallen moss covered logs with other plants growing out of them and stuff. And the ground cover kind of varied based on how high up it was and how much sunlight it got. But just like a trail cutting across at either going up or down at a 45, a 45 degree angle slope. And uh, yeah, just miles and miles and miles of that. Yeah. A lot of people got really excited about the like meadows that we would go through. There's like some subalpine meadows on top of uh, a lot of the ridges where there were just like a lot of wildflowers and stuff. But I... I'm a lot more of a like sort of dense, sun-dappled, mossy forest kind of guy than I am a wide-open expanse of wildflowers kind of guy. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that one. I like I like a lot of trees. I like I like a lot of like sort of chaotic, uh, you know, gnarled root systems and stuff. Like I I, I like the uh, that's the organic stuff that I find aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Plus, I prefer the shade. Yeah, huh, that's a good point. That is a very good point. Um, although it, there were a lot of bugs, it, where in the in the environments that I liked, there were way more bugs than the, the meadows because they were windier. Oh. Um, fucking just millions of mosquitoes. There were not like this was supposed to be the best time of year to go in terms of like the weather and there not being a lot of mosquitoes. But because the snow melt was so late, the mosquito breeding season extended later. Hmm. And, uh, man, they were just murdered. Like, there were several times when we got to camp, and it was, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And instead of just, like, sitting around having a leisurely dinner and, like, shooting the shit and maybe, you know, looking at the stars and stuff, we just had to get in our tents because that was the only way to keep thousands of mosquitoes from biting us, which kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know... Somebody uh, somebody asked a couple questions about the trip in the forums. Um, let me look at those and see. I'll look at them too. It's uh, pretty simple. Psyche says, first shower after a long camping trip equals best feeling ever. You know, there was so much water on this trip. Like, there were just little rivers and streams and stuff. And, like, I just carried a washcloth and kept pretty clean the entire time. So it was not nearly as big a deal as it had been like when we were backpacking in the desert and you would just get like a crust on you by the end of the trip mm-hmm. people kept remarking there's a how long you been out here nine days wow you guys look so clean <laughs> like we just wash her i only took the one set of clothes too one pair of pants and one shirt um took rain gear and it only rained once and it wasn't hard enough to actually put on the rain gear but I think that was because I paid my penance. I had the heavy totem of a set of adequate rain gear to keep the rain gods appeased. Yeah. Oh, and then Evan S. Parker says, How was I? Did anyone die? Still in town, Seattle? We did get to hang out in Seattle for one day. Um, 
our, our old friend uh, Kitsune actually gave us a call uh, wondering if we were in town for PAX. Which we were like, no. In fact, we were not in town for PAX, and this fucking sucks. So hard to get a hotel room because of PAX. Uh, I didn't manage to see anybody else that I knew, but she took us to this. Uh, I guess it's like the Pike Place Market, but it's where the locals go. Uh, it was just it was like a farmers market, but mostly like art, and uh, there was somebody uh, selling a lot of uh, various uh, colorful knee high socks uh, uh-huh. for ladies. Uh, there was someone selling uh, beaded necklaces. There were a number of people selling beaded necklaces. I'm sure. There was a junk, uh, I think that the name of the store was Fun Junk, <laughs> uh, but they sold, uh, Hot Stuff bought a pair of clockwork uh, cufflinks, like cufflinks that are made out of watch movements, hmm. uh, and uh, they sold like, I don't know, like old typewriter parts and old rusty skeleton keys and stuff. So like the Boozer Bear Riff store? Yeah, basically. I didn't get riff anything. I was still, like, I kept thinking, like, oh, I don't want to buy anything heavy. I got to carry it, even though, like, oh, no, I just have to carry it to the car. Um, right. And then on, on an airplane. But I was in that, I was in that no, uh, no acquisition of heavy goods. I, I thought about bringing people some souvenir boulders back from the top of the mountain, but mm. didn't do that either. Um, but that was nice. And we had a, we had a, a, a dinner. Uh, I had a lamb burger that couldn't be beat. At some sort of Belgian restaurant. Lovely. Is that and a then, burger uh, made out of lamb or a burger with lambic in it? Uh, a burger made out of lamb. I didn't drink any beer because it was too early. Uh, but my flight was late enough that, boy, did I get good and drunk for that. Uh, I was just super extra nervous about this one for whatever reason. Hmm. You know, the flight was fine. I was real drunk and it was fine because of that. Um, flight up was totally smooth and easy I'm dreading this fucking flight to Dragon Con but I'm super looking forward to Dragon Con I have a, a similar vibe yes I'm flying Airtran which is a one that I haven't done before I so. hear that they uh, they as a snack give you a hickory smoked horse buttholes oh that sounds good as long as they don't force you to eat them but that that is part of like you pay a fee if you prefer not to eat the snack right I mean, it turns out that if you're flying by yourself, it doesn't matter that they're the, like, cheap airline that just charges fees out the ass. Because I'm not going to check a bag. I don't care where I sit. It should be fine. Oh, yeah. As long as the plane isn't all shitty. I got, uh... It was weird. At the gate, I was like... It was like, do you want to pay an extra 30 bucks to get an exit row seat? And I was like, you know... Those few inches of extra legroom are worth 30 bucks to me. I think I'm going to do that. And the guy behind the kiosk was like, don't do it. Don't do it here. If you do it at the gate, they won't charge you. I was wow. like, huh, okay. Uh, you're probably going to get fired soon for helping people out like that. But yeah, but he was right. I just went up. I was real drunk. And I was like, hey, zero seats left. I'm willing and able. <laughs> I wasn't that drunk. Um, I had to just be sober enough to say yes when they asked me if I was willing and able to my duty. Do your duty. If so there's an actual emergency with this plane, I will be far too busy shitting my pants to open this door. But the guy next to me looks able. Yeah, the, the, the other dude can just crawl over you because it's in an exit row. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he'll have to be careful to not step in my shitty pants. Yep. <laughs> what, have you, uh, what, have, what have you been up to? What have you personally done besides doing radio shows? Yeah, that's what I was trying to think about. Saw some films. Saw me some yeah. Captain America. That was quality. Was it? Yeah, it's... Uh, did you see The Rocketeer back in the day? I did not. Uh, I've heard uh, that comparison made. Yeah, it's, so. a, it's the same director and same like time period, so it kind of has the same feel to it. I liked both of those movies a lot. And I'd recommend... I can definitely recommend Captain America without reservations. To me or to everyone? To, like, to you and to everyone. Roy said that the Conan movie was bad. That doesn't surprise me. He also said that I would probably watch it and love it. So, huh. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. He said that the actor was very good, which that was the part that I was worried about. Uh, he did not impress me much in the, in the preview. Uh, but he said the story was bad. He said the changes that they made to the story were just bad. And he also said that people, when they were hit with swords, behaved as though they were just balloons filled with blood. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, I guess not so much in Conan, but in, like, Red Sonja, like, dude's just getting cut in half down the middle and stuff. Right. Like, you know, it's about comic violence in a certain way. You know? Uh, I, don't know I do I like know. the Conan movies. I like the old ones. I wasn't too excited about that one because the the trailer just made it look like dude standing against CGI backdrop volume 2 and 3 and 4 and 11,000. Like did, did you happen to see they, there was a booth at Comic-Con that was running two longer trailers for it. And one of them was more of that, but then there was a there was a long scene where uh, it's like Conan as a teenager. Huh. Uh, that was pretty good. You know, it was just like him killing some dudes. <laughs> um, it's got, uh, who did it have in it? It has Ron Perlman in it. Hard to miss with Ron Perlman. I mean, even a bad movie with Ron Perlman in it, the Ron Perlman parts are good. Yeah, like Alien Resurrection. <clears throat> you know... I saw Alien Resurrection, and I thought, wow, that was really bad. And then I got high and saw it again, and I was like, you know, that wasn't so bad. So you're saying I should watch Alien Resurrection on weed? Yeah, I, well, so I think what might have happened is it's like, it was Jean Reno that directed it, right? Yeah, well, Jean Reno's the actor guy. Oh, no, not Jean, uh, Luc Besson. It was the guy who did uh, Delicatessen. Yeah. Delicatessen. Yeah. City of Le- is, that, is that not Luc Besson? That's not Luc Besson, is it? That's uh, Jean-Paul Chauvet. Ha, ha, ha. Right. Uh, Marcel Duchamp. Yeah. Marcel, Marcel, Duchamp. Ha, ha, ha. Depardieu. Uh, Michel Gondry. My bell. I mean, it's like... Jean-Pierre treat- Treating Alien Resurrection as like a weird art film... Uh-huh. I think instead of a, yeah, I, I I remember just hating Sigourney Weaver in it. Huh. But the rest of it, it's like I don't know. The whole like alien human hybrid thing at the end didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. 
I liked the lab full of failed uh, clones. I had read that, that was, it was supposed to end with them getting to Earth and the alien gets out and just full-on battle for Earth kind of thing, but the budget wasn't there for that. So they opted mm. for creepy alien-human baby birth. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. It's weird that, Our- like, it's written by Joss Whedon. It's directed by that dude, and it has, like, Ron Perlman in it, and somehow that didn't all come together. Yeah, and it has that short guy that's in all those movies. Yep. Um, and it has Jean Reno in it, right? Well, maybe. I mean, there are plenty of French people in there. There was a weird... I remember there being some weird subplot with the Winona Ryder bot. Right. Where you don't, like, know that she's an android to begin with or something. Well, we know now. Thanks. Yeah, well, not spoiled it. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. Let's see. Uh, Unnamed Hobo said, We're coming up to the funding date for the Kingdom of Loathing for a Great Justice comic. Um, my question, pledging $11 gets me one copy shipped internationally. U.S. pledgers get an additional comic for every additional $5. Well, they, they don't automatically, but they can. Right, it's not like everybody who pledged $300 is getting 60 of them, because that wouldn't make any sense. But he's right. asking, can I get an additional comic shipped internationally for an additional $10? I kind of figured, so if you pledge 11 and you're international, you get one copy. If you pledge at any of the other levels, you get two. Because shipping, like $23 is going to cover shipping two of those internationally. When before a before a Kickstarter has been funded, can you up your commit? Yes. Okay, that's that's handy then. You can also lower it, which is kind of sad. <laughs> when well, there have only been like three or four of those, but I always go, oh, that's that's a little weird. That that seems to make. Huh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like that, it, the, the whole thing is the whole thing is very much subject to like internet whimsy, right? Yeah. Like, whereas somebody's like, ah, oh, fucking bacon suit. I'll give that eight dollars because bacon suit. You know, and it's weird that you can change your mind. About I would it. say that it's subject to internet etiquette too, though. Like, I pledge this project because I like these guys and sure. it would make these guys sad if I changed my bid and sure I'm, sure I'm sure that people who change that I mean I, I guess maybe they just figured it wasn't enough of a problem to deal with on a sort of you know institutional level that's yeah, weird that surprises me though the way my brain works every time somebody did I just figured okay well like the day before it's gonna be funded everybody's gonna reverse their bids yeah, I mean, it's probably more like that guy just realized he had some expensive dental work he had to have done or something, right? Like yeah, I'm sure. Um, uh, that's cool, though. I'm excited. I'm I'm especially jazzed knowing how much of the art is done. That was mm. that was a thing that was that was eating away at the back of my mind about this whole thing. It was like, you know, this still isn't a thing yet until that happens. But like that's that's cool. That seems to be a totally sustainable rate. And his he's super fast with the inking. Like he did, he went from having five pages done to all twenty three of them done over a weekend. 
But the coloring takes a couple, three hours per page. Mm. I think that we oh, can look. get at least two of them out before the end of the year. Cool. Uh, boy, uh, it turns out Atomic Comics in Phoenix won't be carrying our comic book. Or any comic books anytime soon. Yeah, that was a big thing that happened while you were gone. Yeah, was it last Monday or was it this Monday? I guess it couldn't have been today. Oh, or nobody else would have known about it. Yeah, I guess there's speculation that they, they got into some kind of IRS trouble. They were like a big... They were kind of a... I feel like they were not only a big deal in Phoenix, they were kind of a big deal in the comics world. Yeah, they were the, what, the single biggest provider? Or the single biggest customer for Diamond Distributing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that sucks. I guess the guy was just, I don't know. The, the rumors are that there was some trouble with the IRS and it was easier to just shut down and the owner's like losing his house. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. There was there was that shady deal. I don't think it was the owner. I think it was just one of the managers. There was a there was a little bit of an issue with a uh, like a bathroom in the ladies or a camera in the ladies' bathroom. Oh my! Being used for illicit purposes. Um, like I don't know. That was a few years ago, and my impression was that the parties responsible had been sacked. But, uh, or at least all of the. Uh, printouts of still frames from that video capture had been sacked. Right. In a plain, plain brown sack. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, do we want to talk about anything else before a break and come back uh, with the with the KOL love? There, there was not a tremendous, like there was a bunch of work done on the back end, but not a not a ton of stuff happened uh, in KOL while I was gone. Right. Um, hmm. Hmm. There's fin to be an item of the month. I you you did a really awesome job on that, by the way. Oh, thanks. Uh, I gave I gave everybody a assignment, and uh, I was I, I started working on my version of the thing, thinking like, ah, I'll probably end up using most of mine and just cherry pick the the best ideas from everybody else's stuff. But then your stuff made me rewrite like half of mine to be yours. So Sweet. it was awesome. So that kind of has to be on time because we are leaving Thursday morning. Yep. That is uh, the first. I'll be at home yeah. for a single day in between Dragon Con and KOL Con. Yeah, Jesus Christ. This is This is nuts. And I like Dragon Con is going to be fun, but it's not going to be like relaxing fun. It's going to be like overstimulated, exhausting fun. Yeah, drinking and paneling and yeah you have uh so you have two other panels that you are doing yes by your own I self do. which is kind of awesome i was really nervous about that uh i was really nervous about having committed to doing panels until i realized that they assigned me the panels apparently and then i saw them and i was like oh fuck i can talk about that yeah <laughs> um the two other panels that i'm in are with the same pair of people in both cases yeah i saw that uh, that's, that's interesting it is, yeah, I don't know uh, I don't know what that was all about uh, One of them was a woman that I had not done anything that I had heard of And another one was a guy I guess it might not have been a woman It could have been, it could be a guy named Michelle, right? Uh-huh I don't remember how it's spelled uh, And then one is the guy I was like, whoa, fuck, it's the guy that made Wizardry? But no, it's a guy with the same name as the guy that made Wizardry <laughs> um, And who had made some other 
what did he do? He wrote uh, some of the early White Wolf stuff. Hmm. Um, so I'm curious. I'm curious how old that dude's going to be and whether he's going to have fangs. <laughs> you mean like actual natural fangs or just fangs that he has acquired? Well, like, like say he had uh, wolf teeth implanted in his in his jaw. Ah. You can do that, right? Like, can't you get can't you get permanent prosthetic fangs? Yeah, but I think they do more like capping teeth kind of thing. Oh, instead of putting actual wolf teeth in your mouth. Yeah, it seems like you wouldn't want that because you don't know where those teeth have been, except in a wolf's mouth, and that's enough for me to not do it. You boil them um, in in uh, lamb's blood under a full moon, right? To see if you, it can actually turn you into a werewolf. Well, I think it turns you into a vampire. <laughs> I guess you have to do bat teeth um, <laughs> to turn into a werewolf. Yeah, but they're really small. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. But I know you don't make these rules. Yeah, it is. Um, I wonder though, like the guys that wrote. The, the original source books for Vampire the Masquerade. What do you reckon those guys are like? I bet... I would imagine they wouldn't be the, like, LARPing set themselves. I would not think so either. But I don't know why I feel that way. I would imagine dudes like Riff. Yeah. Kind of not, not the most social guys, but really imaginative. Smell like bananas. Like Rift does. But they're, they're making things, you know, I guess that's the thing. Like, are they making things for themselves or are they making things for other people? Huh. I don't know. I don't know which of those I feel like of myself. Am I making things that I would like? I think that's I how you I, began. I think we're serving an audience now. Yeah. I wonder if our audience feels that they're being served. I don't know. I think that uh, they got served, whether they're feeling it or not. Yeah, they should have brought it. Yeah. I'm going to uh, serve myself another beer, if you don't mind taking a little bit of a break, Mr. Skullhead. Uh, we'll, right. we'll be back in, uh, call like 12 minutes. Okay. And we're back. Hey. We have returned. <clears throat> I got a new beer, but I think I forgot to pee. Hmm. Well, you, you still it. have your empty beer bottle. That is true. Actually, no, I put it in the recycling on my way to get the new beer. Man, one of my worst fears was realized last night, Mr. Skullhead. Ran out of beer? I went downstairs uh, to get a beer, and I was barefoot, as I usually am in my house. And uh, I always, as I'm walking into the bar, there is a section of the floor where no, I cannot pre-light it by turning on any lights. Ooh. I was like... I'm always terrified just taking a step in the dark that there's going to be a scorpion there and I'm going to step on it. And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling this fear pretty strongly. I'm going to go back and get the scorpion light. And sure as shit, there was a scorpion that I may or may not have stepped on as I was walking through there. <sighs> Had a premonition. Turned out okay. <sighs> <clears throat> Fucking scorpions, man. Where do they get off? Yeah. Inside scorpion ladies and make millions of horrible, poisonous little babies. Sorry, venomous. Venomous little babies. What is the difference between venom and poison? 
Uh, well, ve- like you describe a snake as venomous, you describe like a mushroom as poisonous. Poisonous means it will hurt you if you eat it. Uh, I gotcha. Venomous means that it will, it will poison you. Um, I guess it will enve- envenom you. Envenenate. Yeah, inseminate. It'll inseminate you. Yes. Uh, what do we got in the uh, what do we got in the Twitter? Let's say. Um, all right. Now this person that uh, posted a, a twit pic of the violet fog map they must have made in two thousand six. That would wow. be happy. Um, we've been doing this game a long fucking time. Jinkies writes, no one else will care, but hoarding my karma from two B's hate you runs and instant karma discards equals three hardcore perm skills this run. Less than three to a sim. Hey, that's us. Awesome. This person less than three to us because they hardcore perm three skills using our sweet new karma system. Ben Higby says, which one of you would win in a dance-off? Boy, I don't know, man. <coughs> Probably you. I think nobody wins no, yeah. ever anymore if we have a dance-off. I, you know, a lot of people say, no, I can't dance. And then your friends are all like, come on, just go out and just go out and, you know, move, move to the music. Just do what you feel on the dance floor. There's no such thing as being bad at dancing. And then after I go out there and do it for a while, they're like, wow, you, you weren't fucking around. You really are a bad, bad dancer. I mean, now that I'm like, once I found a girl who would stick around, no matter how I danced, I just tend to not care and I'll go out in a dancing situation like a wedding or a, a concert or something and just bust whatever moves I feel like busting and and that you know at least I get points for enthusiasm mm-hmm. and not giving a shit if I look goofy or not I mean most of my dancing is very much in the David Byrne family of dance moves like where you put on a gigantic suit yeah, well, like, I'm I'm a pretty big guy, so I'm already wearing a gigantic suit. Oh, well, okay, sure, sure. Um, you, you, but it's made of leaves. Right. What? No. Yes? Didn't he have a suit made of leaves? I guess. I think at some point David Byrne had a suit made of leaves. He had that suit made of meat. <clears throat> that was Lady Gaga. Oh, man. I forgot one anecdote from, uh, the, from the trail. We got to our first... Uh, the place where our first food cache had been delivered, which is like a five five gallon bucket filled with our food for the second leg of the trip. And this guy showed up and he, he seemed like a sort of an aging bro. Hmm. And he was like, so, hey guys, I, uh, I came out here to surprise this girl who was on the trail uh, by bringing her some wine and some Thai food. Uh, but then when I got here, it turned out that she had bailed after the first couple days of her trip and oh. so never made it here. And so I drank all the wine and ate all the Thai food, passed out in the dirt. And then I came up here to get her food cache. Uh, so you guys can totally have whatever you want from this food cache. And there were just like a ton of candy bars in it. So we ate a bunch of candy bars. And it was like, oh, man. And uh, I saw these and I was like, whoa, there's a ton of little some kind of colorful candy in here. But it turned out it was just like a whole bunch of tampons. <laughs> which was pretty funny. We didn't we didn't need that. Um, and I made the joke. You. No, 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 no. The snow advisory said to bring crampons, not tampons. <laughs> which, you know, that's a funny uh, 
funny snow hiking joke. They we were getting kind of scared. Like we got there and they were like, "Yeah, we recommend an ice axe for this part of the trail." We're like, what? fucking seriously? But then later on, I talked to another ranger and he was like, "Yeah, they always say that." He's like, "You don't need an ice axe." He's like, "You you don't even really need crampons as long as you have a as long as you have poles, you'll be fine." And I totally didn't have poles. I've never I never I never saw the value really in in those hiking sticks that you buy that are kind of like um, ski poles only there for the hiking yeah um but after this trip i fucking totally do because i i somebody had brought a pair and loaned me one for the first part of the trip and then a ranger gave me a broken one which one of the people on the trip fixed hmm. uh so fucking in snow when your footing is unsure having an extra like foot to just prop out places super fucking handy huh um, going downhill, you can you can absorb some of the shock in your arms, which makes it a little less hard on your knees. Going uphill, you can angrily pound it into the ground and try and hurl yourself up the hill with the force of your rage. Right. Did um, you do a lot of rage-motivated hiking? A lot of rage-motivated hiking, yeah. I, anger helped me get up the hills at the end. It's like, like, who the fuck would do this to themselves on purpose? God damn it. <laughs> fuck is wrong with me why did i agree to this never again although i am i am gunning for canoe trip next year instead of hiking trip could be fun like a canoe trip that then becomes more like car camping because you don't really ever have to carry the shit that you take with you so oh sure a couple cases of beer you know um can't really swim so that might that might hurt me guess i'll get a life jacket you should learn your ass to swim. I mean, I can, you know, I, I can swim. I don't just sink to the bottom, right? I can dog paddle. Right. I can float. I can tread water. You can survive. Like, you, you don't have to survive with dignity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Timmy Urban wrote, since there's a VIP shower and he hopes for a VIP meat sink. I, you know, I was thinking about this. And, okay, so what I was going to say was there's a lot less interesting stuff that you can do with a sink than with a shower, but that's, that's ridiculous. Like that, that's not a thing that we have to worry about. We can come up with a bunch of dumb shit that would happen at a sink. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, not very many interesting things happen in a shower. I guess some people have sex in a shower. Yeah. Some people have sex in the sink. Okay. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, uh, you know, that, like they told the, the, the Polak on his wedding night, just just take the thing that you play with and put it where she pees. And so he, he put his bowling ball in the sink. Yeah. And take I, uh, the longest part of you and stick it in the hairiest part of her. So I rammed mm-hmm. my nose in her armpit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, told, uh, I told a joke because uh, Hot Stuff and Sora were arguing about uh, what kind of tracks a set of tracks were that they had found and I said and they stood there arguing until the train hit them um, and they said what and I said yeah that's, that's a Pollock joke and then Sora replied Pollock's chewing on the power cables which was pretty funny I laughed out loud a lot that's uh, a Star Wars joke uh, because uh, my Minox are chewing on the on the power cables. I see. <laughs> we were talking about this. Where was there a time and a place when Polish immigrants were like dumb? 
Is that a thing? I don't think so. I think it's just the. Uh... Where did those jokes come from? I mean, they were they were ubiquitous <laughs> when I was a kid, right? And I think maybe it varies regionally. Like the subject of that joke. Like I think German kids tell these jokes about Austrians. Yeah, there's like up here there are dumb Swede jokes. Like Norwegian versus Swede is a thing. Is it even when all parties involved are white, they have to make some kind of thing? Right. Yeah, I wasn't sure how you would tell who was Polish. Well, he's the guy on drowning in his homemade submarine with the screen door. Right, right. He's the one with the lead balloon. He's the one listening to Led Zeppelin. <clears throat> Is there a politically correct version of those jokes that the kids tell now? Because I know kids today, they're all about political correctness. Yeah, they're mad for it. No. Yeah, retard, I think, is the politically correct version. My my, uh, this was a while ago, but my girlfriend told me what I think was one of my new favorite jokes. Uh, what did one fart say to the other fart? Uh, I don't know. Boners. Oh, it's perfect. I think that's a pretty perfect joke. It's weird that your girlfriend is four, but it's cool it that is, that joke. Is it funny. is a little. It's a little weird, uh, you know. For for her, it's it's de rigueur for me on this infinite frictionless plane. Uh, I did learn, I did learn an awesome trick, uh, that I, that I sometimes, uh, engage in when I'm like sitting in the booth at a con, you take a $1 bill and, uh, where it says O N E in the back, you make a, you make a B in before that, in that, uh, approximating that font and an R on the other side. Ah. And it says boner instead of one. And also where it says, uh, federal reserve note, uh, you can cross out all of the letters except fart, and they're perfectly evenly spaced. So if you got a Sharpie, you can just make a $1 bill say fart across the top. You can make a boner fart bill. Boner fart bill. I really hope the boner fart bill passes uh, this yeah. time. I'm kind of sad that I went on a camping trip with boner fart bill. <laughs> yeah. He's awkward to share a tent with. He was a little less popular than, say, Buffalo Bill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey boner fart bill what did you kill what did you eat boner <laughs> fart bill Nicodemus <laughs> uh, uh, says hey gang hope you had a great trip would you pretty please consider karma bonuses for 100% familiar runs I will love you I, just, I don't know I don't know I don't know you know, I like that idea and designing system from the ground up. I would probably do it, but there is just this kind of hairy question of what do we do with people who've already done it, you know? And do do we keep track of which ones we've already given you the ones for? Like, it's it, it, these are not these are not impossible questions to answer, you know. And probably someday I will think about this when I'm in a particular kind of mood and do it. But uh, not making any any promises beyond the promises I've already made. Then he continues, was my idea about poor core and the hermit part of the inspiration for this challenge run? Is it wrong to hope for a little recognition? <laughs> Thinking about this, it's impossible to say where ideas come from, right? Right. I mean, maybe, you know, it It was a, the like, meat restriction. And by the way, I want, I want to, I want to get this out there. Uh, Southwest made a post in the forums, uh, that I read that was a that was a like long form critique 
of uh, the Way of the Surprising Fist path. And I really liked reading that post. Like, I feel like it was done in a way that was not presumptuous and not insulting. And it was it was a pretty good model for constructive criticism. Yeah. Um, and I did not read the rest of the thread. I, I think from what I read in the devlog that maybe that thread got annoying or contentious. Um, but the original post, like I just, I want to put it out there. Like I like that post. I, I'm glad, you know, I think some of those criticisms were pretty valid because, you know, like there is no getting around the fact that we were rushed and did not have a lot of time to do this path. And it did not get as much testing as it could have. Right. Um, fundamentally, I, I don't know. <clears throat> the, the idea that, like, I, I want to avoid the thing that I, that, that came up last time where I, where I just said, this is the, like, cut off your legs and put you on stilts path, hmm. you know? Um, Bees Hate You was... Uh, kind of an unfortunate accident in how well it came together, <laughs> I think. Right. You know, it, we we were we were a little nervous that it set the bar too high. Um, it it is weird, the idea that those monsters felt to a lot of people like more content than the non-combats and skills. I don't know where that comes from. Because they were, you know, about the same amount of work in terms of the actual new content. I mean, maybe the reason that, you know, like, maybe because I like making skills because it's easy to make skills. Maybe that means, oh, well, okay, so because it's easy, it does not engender as much player satisfaction as something that is harder to make. Not that a monster is hard to make. You know, they they need some they need some drops and stuff, but that was pretty much taken care of. And bees hate you. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, I the meat thing, I guess, seems like more of a frustration than the you know bees and equipment or bees and items that you use thing. I guess. You know, this certainly was not as good of an idea as bees hate you. Um, I don't know. I wonder if we've created another you know, regularly scheduled high stress situation. Yeah, probably. We we rise to those occasions though, you know? Yeah. I think it's good for us. It's good like Crimbo is good for us because it like, ah fuck, we gotta do something cool and then we do. You know? And it's and it's stressful and I there's always the like the last few days where everybody else is on vacation and I'm just like, fuck, fuck, why is it fuck? Why am I the only one? Fuck Hmm. Um, but you know those those get better and better as time goes by and plus you know that's my job uh, we are uh, I feel like you and I are collectively getting a little nervous about Crimbo this year though I'm a little nervous but probably for no reason stay like what if someday I go look in the spot where I keep the Crimbo ideas and there isn't one yeah. It's like, well, uh, that hasn't happened in six years. And when there's an idea that's not fully fleshed out, the fleshing out ends up being something like having the hobos do a crimbo thing, and that ended up awesome. Yeah. 
Um, the I, you know, I feel like the worry here is that usually there is a germ of an idea by now, and that there is not necessarily one. But we did have a thing from a previous year that we held back to do as its own crimbo. Yeah, um, that we talked about, and I, and I, that's probably what I'm going to push for this year. It's a little more straightforward. <laughs> I think I might. Uh, I think I might try to do. I don't know that this really works this way. I don't know that this is a thing that we can get away with. But instead of a minor Halloween and a big crimbo, maybe we do like a medium-sized Halloween and a medium-sized crimbo. Could happen. And see if, you know, see how people feel about that. Because crimbo is also like, I I think, you know, we've had this discussion before, and I think we've had this discussion on the air before, where it's like, Oh, uh, are we doing another, you know, usurpation of crimbo that you have to make right yeah. at the end? It's like, oh, well, <laughs> story needs conflict, right? Yeah. It'll, it'll shake out. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, we, we've got some more straightforward. I kind of like the idea of challenge paths where they're basically just another class hmm. you know like no perm skills maybe no perm skills might actually be really frustrating to people hmm. um, unless the 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 skills of this imaginary class that we make for this for this new thing are, are good enough that they give the same sort of you know ease and excitement that having a bunch of perm skills give you. You know, like a single class with 15 skills, each of which was as uh, had as big of an effect as five perm skills. That'd be interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. And coming up with thematic sets of those would be kind of fun. We could do the cheese wizard. We could. Um, Could do the the radish dancer. The pork swordsman. Is a pe- pepperoni dick. Kind of a spotted dick. It's a passive skill. Pe- pepperoni dick. Pepperoni just dick. Makes, your dick, makes your dick really spicy. I thought it would That's be just mainly odor based. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's like, wow. That's pretty potent. Smell Does your some dick. extra stench damage if you're not wearing pants. <laughs> Alright. That's a pretty good passive skill we've just come up with. We're ready. This is how the magic happened. Pepperoni dick. Uh, so, I mean, you could just be a pepperoni dick uh, where you're like a private eye who's looking for pepperoni. You're looking for clues. The Maltese pepperoni. Clues that involve pepperoni and cheese. You know, if there's one thing that I enjoy writing, it's pastiche of uh, detective novels that I've never read. Yeah. It, Have uh, you ever read a, a single state. detective novel? Yeah, no, no, no. That's a true statement. Like, I really enjoy writing in the like tracer bullet style. But no, I've only ever seen pastiches of the original thing. Hmm. Did you ever read any of Sherlock Holmes books? Not a one. We read uh, The Hound of the Baskervilles in an English class in high school. I think hmm. that's the only one that I ever read. It was way longer uh, than it needed to be to contain all of the good parts, was my recollection. But then again, I was a freshman in high school and an insufferable prick with no patience or long view Mm. or sense of what was good and what wasn't. 
Uh, Squirrel Mob says, any chance of charitable donations becoming an other accomplishment or something like Nun's Text for Charity? <laughs> Nun's Text for Charity was my least favorite fundraising event. <laughs> it was really boring. Yeah. Where were we that there were a bunch of nuns? I think there were a bunch of nuns at Disneyland when we were there. Huh. There was that, I, I had just seen on Boing Boing, like that nunshavingfun.tumblr.com, which was just dedicated to photographs of nuns doing things that they enjoyed. <laughs> uh, it's the cobblestones. Yeah, riding bikes over cobblestones. Yeah. Uh, that has added another that has added another thing to my so anytime you're walking near railroad tracks you say do you guys want to see a dead body and uh, anytime that you go a new uh, place you say I've never I've never come this way before it's the cobblestones except you don't say I've never come this way before you just say huh it's the cobblestones and what that means so it's like a Darmac and Jalad yeah yeah exactly uh, Fred Levi says, and this is this is interesting because these are in fact the three that I have in mind and have been doing a lot of thinking about. You should do Sneaky Pete, Jarlsberg, and Boris as challenge path classes. You can play out the story that made them legends. I don't know about story, right? But uh, I, I definitely have been mulling over in my head the like avatar of Boris, avatar of Jarlsberg, avatar of Sneaky Pete. Uh-huh. Uh, and just to have their their skills uh, be just very like just sort of fundamental like fighter mage thief kind of things could be fun um, you know but in the in the KOL idiom of course um, yeah you know I'm I'm curious how one of those will go go over like you know the the Batman thing is clearly the like culmination of this like it's the big one that we do when I have a whole bunch of time to not have to worry about anything else yeah which is fucking never I'm kidding myself it's <laughs> never gonna happen um but like if there was a challenge path that had 15 new skills and you could perm them but only for new runs in that challenge path like would people find that interesting maybe you know because I mean you basically in order to in order to play it competitively for the leaderboard you just need to do 15 of them and use all the karma perming those skills right unless they were permed what I had thought of in uh, in um, the, the the Boris one for instance was that you would not actually use the regular perming mechanism to perm the skill but like at one point during your Boris run you could like etch into the plaque on the statue of Boris a record of one of your skills and then when you were Boris and you went back to that statue you would just get all of the skills that you had stored there you wouldn't actually have to do that it's just that's that's how it would work Um, that's where you'd go to see them uh, when you weren't in a Boris run I guess Um, but I like that idea I was thinking about like what things what things would make a big beefy fighter guy. Like one of the restrictions that I thought would be cool for him is that he can only drink things that are like for drunkenness or higher. Because uh-huh. everything else is for pussies. Maybe that's interesting. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, he'd hit things uh, like with a club or a sword. He could have a sword. Some armor. He could wear armor. Yeah. See? Stuff writes itself. Yeah, how hard could it possibly be? Uh, yeah. 
Kodakon says, any info on the PvP revamp? Been seeing lots of threads about it lately, or perhaps I just never noticed them before. Uh, it looked like there were there were a couple of spates while I was gone of some significant dev testing of some new PvP stuff. You know, it's it's like anything else. It's th- There's an initial burst of enthusiasm followed by a kind of slog through the filling in the details that, that weren't particularly forthcoming. Um, in this case, there's... There, it is tricky to make this fun. It's also the first time I've ever tried to design a PvP system that didn't suck. I mean, I guess I didn't set out to make one that sucked when <laughs> I made the existing PvP system, but it was like... But not sucking, I don't think, was your highest priority. The PvP system was a, a relic of the time when it existed, right? Like, there was a time when KOL did not have fights with monsters, right? Because of the level of expertise that I had with the tech. It, you know, it took it took a flash of understanding and inspiration to be like, oh, wait, all I have to do is have, like, a table that stores the current status of a fight, and then you can have a fight that lasts multiple page loads. Because, like, it started out like, oh, well, it's just one of the, like, like fucking Legends of Zork, where you you do it and it runs the fight for you and tells you what happened. But I'm like, yeah, that's fucking boring. Uh, but the, the the old PvP system is, is kind of a relic of that era when I wasn't good at making video games, really. <clears throat> and yet that era is where a lot of people would say we did our best work. Certainly where we were at the peak of our popularity. Maybe I'm just fooling myself. Maybe I'm not getting better at my job at all. Maybe I've just been a sted- steady downward spiral. Have I been doing heroin? You've been, a, you've been a steady, pretty hate machine. I don't know. I feel, I don't know, broken in some ways. Like, the fragile parts of me have all shattered it. Like, uh... Did it, did it hurt? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to come down to this, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I mean, it, it's a, a, a span... You're not really uh, describing that in detail, but you're getting closer. Happiness in slavery. <laughs> um, all right, that was fun. Uh, Erich says, fullness counter, good day to you all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Man says, any chance of being able to meet the nemesis in a way of the surprising fist run? Uh, no, no. We decided that the guild quests were not critical in the scope of a challenge path because that just makes it way harder uh, because they vary by class so much uh, in terms of the fundamental mechanics that they use and so we're just like you know what we're just going to make the executive decision that that's not a concern Togapika says raccoon familiar that is all what would a raccoon familiar even do it would um, rummage through garbage cans wash a wash its food yeah yeah that was funny in Germany. Uh, it, it came to our attention that the German word for raccoon is just the word for wash and the word for bear. <laughs> um, and so then I spent the rest of the time that I was there, anytime anybody said anything about an animal, I would say, well, no, no, in America we call that a, and then just a verb, and then bear, depending on what uh, what kind of thing the animal did. Uh, so a rabbit is like a hot bear? Yeah, a hot bear. And a cat is like a sleep bear. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, language never stops being funny. Yeah, is there so anything more fascinating than words and how they're created and how they are in other languages? Boy, not to me. That's for damn sure. Yeah. 
Metal Mickey says, can we at least have some hints about Trophy 98? Is it related to Bees Hate You slash Challenge Path? Um, I mean, the, the timing is the best hint, right? So, it's, yeah, it's a thing. Not thinking rights. Plus one to second seal copy on international postage would be awesome. Also, could it be possible to up the amount I have pledged after the cutoff date and hit the next donation category? I think you can't do it after the cutoff date, right? Right. After <clears throat> after uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday, it will... Presumably, they close the campaign down, take everybody's money, and go through whatever Amazon does that takes a week to get the money to me. Ah. Weird. Uh, let's see. Haverton Grizzly says, "Can you add some more familiar? Uh, can you add some more functionality to the lock familiar equipment option so that it doesn't replace familiar equipment that's already equipped?" In case that makes no sense, here's an example. Swapping between my angel, my llama, my boots, and my hat rack. The hat rack is outfitted with a spangly sombrero, and the other three are sharing a sugar shield. I want the sugar shield to get switched to any familiar that doesn't already have something equipped, but I don't want it to displace the sombrero. Currently, lock familiar equipment would remove the sombrero or fix gear bicycle or jub jub bird or whatever in favor of the sugar shield. I'd prefer if it didn't replace stuff I already have equipped. See what I mean? Uh, also, how about adding the fullness, drunkenness, or spleen damage to item descriptions? So... Um, that would save a ton of KOL wiki time, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, the fact that anybody who cares about that is looking it up on the wiki is, uh, you know, is probably a thing. Um, on the lock familiar equipment, that is one of those things where I feel like that behavior, having that behavior be the default behavior, would be the wrong thing for as many people as it would be the right thing for. Huh. And changing it is going to do nothing except make a bunch of people sad. Well, I guess some people happy too. I don't know. Is it better to leave the status quo in place or to do something that makes five people happy and five people sad? It's better to have loved and lost. Uh, it is a far, far better thing. <laughs> I wish, I regret that I have but one life to give for my country and bonitis. I regret that nothing. Um, yeah. Blister Guy says uh, to those guys with short questions, if you can't be bothered putting any effort into your pithy five to six word non-questions, don't expect anything more than pithy five to six word non-answers. This is not a polite or helpful way to ask questions. In fact, these aren't even questions. These radio shows are a privilege, not a right. And if we treat those who make them badly or by being rude and presumptuous, then we might end up losing that privilege. That's right, man. I'm about to rage quit this bullshit. Oh, see, I was going to say, why stop now? Why? Why stop being rude and presumptuous now? I think over the over the years, like it's weird for me to think that as recently as two or three years ago, I was still flipping my shit about people being rude with their criticism. Now it's just like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's you know, uh, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt a little. Well, yeah, it's, it's annoying, but I've seen enough of like. And also of, like, assholes having a point that I'm willing to not just shit all over somebody's question because they asked it rudely. Yeah, and it could be, you know, it could be worse. It could be YouTube comments. And it would still make, it would still make me happier if somebody asked it politely. And it, it seems like we tend to wait to fix things until somebody gives us a, the question in a format we can swallow. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's just, that should teach people, like, it's, 
I had a really hard time, you know, with the, with the notion that like, no, sometimes you should just be nice and not say exactly what's on your mind every minute of every fucking day. Right. You know, it's like, no, no, the world would be way better if everybody was just honest all the time. But it's like, nope, no, it wouldn't. Yeah. It turns out not. Uh, kitten that eats babies right are we going to see a new garden seed packet soon I love the first one I got you are wanting to do that in November yeah we were talking about waiting a full year yeah I think that's I think that's wise November or December we could do a, a sweet candy cane farming field of candy canes yeah yeah charcoal shadow which I read as cloacal shadow I don't know what that says about me you see cloacas uh, uh, everywhere not being, it's talking about not being able to do Arbor Day in Way of the Surprising Fist. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That was a weird uh, side effect. Turns out Im- people care about Arbor Day, I guess. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really mean long term goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it just makes you play for another seventy, however many days. I don't even know how long the years are. Uh, Brillick says a pirate just asked me how I shave without using a mirror as a female character shouldn't that be two insults in one yes but didn't he does he say does he specify that you're shaving your face I don't know so what would that be like if you were too fat to see your snatch thatch yeah or your legs yeah if you were too fat maybe he's just saying you're blind or your boobs are big yeah and you can't see uh, that unsightly under boob hair that women have to shave. The under boob sounds like a place that you would visit in some like parody of a Neil Gaiman book. Yeah. Uh, Cross posted from the now defunct question thread that was set up a couple weeks ago. Uh, Southwest writes, uh, <laughs> "Let's see. For the Monday show, I asked a big list of questions, all of which you answered. Thanks. I made a comment about reposting the questions that didn't get answered, though, and I think I came across wrong. For the record, I didn't mean that as an I'm going to be obnoxious until you answer me' sort of threat, but I definitely see how it could seem like that. Sorry about that. Also, in response to the question you asked on air during that show, I'm a guy. Okay." Uh, what zones are on your short list to get revamped? People have been talking about the Hidden Temple lately, and I was wondering if a revamp for that is coming soon. A while ago, there was talk of adding content to Little Canadia. Is that still on a back burner somewhere, or has it been scrapped entirely? Like, almost nothing is ever scrapped entirely, and our our brains and our internal project tracking tools are like a sort of infinite plane of back burners. Yeah. It is... I will not say that it is useless to ask if something is coming soon because the mere act of asking if something is coming soon makes me talk about it for a second, makes me think about it. And maybe that makes it more likely to make the little cognitive bridges that it takes to get from one side to the other. Um, I mean... The, the problem that I've had with the Hidden Temple is that for the last six years, I've been working on, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll sit down with a sheet of paper and I'll be like, all right, what am I going to do with the Hidden Temple? And I just try to make something all crazy complicated. And I think that the Hidden Temple just needs to be like a zone like we do in KOL, like with okay. some monsters and they drop some stuff and then maybe some non-combats where there's some like traps that you avoid. Um, 
there are no immediate plans to work on that. And he says, I've heard that you guys are working through and revamping Quest in numerical order. Can you confirm or deny that? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like one, two, three, four, five so far. That seems that seems like a pretty well-established pattern. I uh, Spending time hiking around a giant icy mountain uh, gave me a lot of good ideas for uh, revamping uh, the level 11 quest. See, that was a joke. Ha. Uh, the next thing up is Mount McLarge Huge. Kind of looking, kind of looking forward to uh, changing that trapper character into like just a, tr- a trapper of some sort, yeah. like John the Trapper, instead of elite speak guy for no yeah. real reason. He I don't think be, anybody will lament that loss. He should be like the the keeper trapper. Ooh, isn't the name of that quest? Am I my trapper's keeper? Yeah, but you know, he can just be Trapper John. Yeah. Uh, why does a bad moon give you any bonus karma? Other paths grant bonus karma based on their increased difficulty, and bad moon is arguably more difficult than, say, bees hate you. Well, yeah, uh, it's because bad moon is not a path, and I understand that bad moon is a path, right? It is. It has way more in common with a path, especially these new challenge paths, than it has in common with a moon sign, but that wasn't a thing when it was made, right? Like, the way that I determined was the best way for me to add these challenge paths without complicating the Ascension interface was A, to rewrite the Ascension interface from scratch, uh, but B, to make them paths so that they would just be in an existing dropdown. Um, and the reason that I made Bad Moon a moon sign was, like, I mean, thematically, it made sense. But also the same reason, right? Like, it just was a thing that went in to an existing set of options. Um, I don't know. Bad Moon is, like, kind of a weird relic. Yeah. I guess people still do it. I mean, people... Like, one of the things that people want to do if they're trying to, like, do as much stuff as they can with their character is, like, do that loop and get the gear, right? So... I don't know. You know, there there is currently no mechanism for a particular moon sign to give you additional karma, uh, but it would be trivial to make it work that way. Um, I don't know. I don't know how long a fast bad moon run is compared to a fast non-bad moon run. Certainly no... It is certainly no smaller a difference than with Bees Hate You or with the way the fist stuff although I have not looked at the leaderboards I don't know how that's actually panned out um, so it wouldn't be out of line to have it give as much of a bonus as that does and it might make sense for it to give more of one yeah I don't know there's a smudge on one of the uh, there's like French doors uh, leading into the this room that I'm recording in from the patio there's a smudge that looks very much like uh, uh, Gorgolok, the Infernal Seal. Huh. It's kind of freaking me out. You think that some of the things you've created are coming to life and are going yeah. to uh, kill you? Yeah, they're coming to life in the form of like oily residue on my windows. Hmm. Yeah. That's or maybe he just starts. wants to say hi, bounce a ball around. I've heard spaders say uh, that the rogue program drops game grid tokens faster than the other spleen slash content familiars. Is that intended behavior? I think so, yeah. Uh, if one of the spaders that you heard say that was James Spader, then definitely. 
because that guy never says anything that is wrong. Yeah, he can only speak the truth. Uh, on another note, thanks for getting the new challenge run out. It looks really flavorful. I have my criticisms posted elsewhere, but I like the idea of Way of the Surprising Fist a lot. Can't wait to see what cool things people get out of this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for being good at writing questions, Southwest. Yeah. Just saying. It's funny. They say do monks uh, hate Arbor Day in the forums. Uh, is there? No, there were no more. Uh, there were no more questions posted in that thread. Um, Riff had suggested a while back. Uh, replacing uh, like fag with monk like anytime that you would say something is gay as a pejorative you don't actually mean gay so you might as well use some other word so you use like monastic huh I don't know if that's actually going to catch on I don't think it is yeah we do it once in a while ah man I'm tired Mr. Skullhead I've been going to bed when the sun goes down for a really long time. I've been going to bed shortly thereafter. Did you actually do some hiking or did you just go work on a farm? Uh, Both. I worked on a hike farm. You had to hike up to the farm and then milk a bunch of cattle. Yeah. We keep the cattle up high uh, because that way uh, they give ice cream. Yeah. Every morning I feed the cattle and milk the chickens. <clears throat> takes a long, uh, what? Takes long, it takes a long time to do it that way. Let's uh, let's read some radio bugbear questions. We don't have a whole lot, but uh, Evangelion Q writes for September's item of the month. Any chance you're working on a plus ten familiar weight weapon? Uh, that'd be pretty mean. Huh. Uh, Mads or Panda says, "Will we ever see a banishment mechanism for non-combats?" So people ask about this, and people also ask about like olfaction for non-combats. And I am kind of resistant to that idea because I think it makes comparatively little narrative sense. Not that it makes sense that, like, you ring a bell at one particular duck and that makes all ducks similar to him stay away from you for ten turns or whatever. But, like, you know, the, like... You can't do anything during a non-combat. And so any mechanism for like selecting a non-combat is going to be awkward and have to work like back in time. Right? People have suggested like oh, a magic mirror that lets you putty a non-combat. And so you go and you have a non-combat and then you use the magic mirror and then it just gives you the last non-combat that you had. Whatever which is a little weird, oh. I think. And it's especially weird because, like, there are a lot of non-combats that are that are quest-related and have conditionals or have flags that they set or flags that they rely on that aren't repeatable. Um, I don't know. It's a weird can of worms. And I get why people want it. But, like, I almost... And this comes up every once in a while. I almost wish that there were not non-combats in this game. I wish that that distinction didn't exist. And it is so it is so core to so much of what goes on with with gameplay now, especially at the high end is like, you know, messing with those rates and that's like a fun thing for people to play with. It's like a it's like a choice you make. It's a it's a thing that you do and that you interact with. But if I was making a Kingdom of Loathing 2, I don't think I would do it this way. Hmm. Because for 
fights are so complicated and there's so much that you can do in them that they are just like yeah I don't know you know like a non-combat that gives you 10 muscle on day one of KOL it was like oh sweet that's a way to make my muscle higher but then once it got to the point where there was a monster that if you had a volleyball familiar it would give you more than 10 muscle it's like ah fuck I just want this non-combat to go away because nothing actually interacts with it and it's just like static and you don't have to you don't get to do anything you don't get to make any choices about it you don't get to actually play a game you're just sort of reading a story about what happened you know the 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 like in the single player incarnation at least the word realms model of like you have a fight and then something happens after the fight and anything that would happen in a KOL non-combat happens just after a fight so it's not like oh i wasted and you know you don't have a limited number of turns in the single player version of word realms but like keeping that model in the MMO of it seems reasonable to me because you never feel like, well, I wasted a turn because I didn't get a fight and I wanted to fight a monster and get some drops or whatever, and I just got this stupid non-combat that I don't care about. I mean, maybe it's because the rewards aren't good enough in non-combats, and maybe they should be better across the board. You know, maybe you could do that in a way that was satisfying. I don't know. You know, getting rid of them completely goes so far away from what KOL was on week one, which arguably set the spiritual tone for what has been a very, yeah, you know, very successful thing for us. So thinking about these fundamental changes, probably just me trying to grow a beard and get people to take me seriously because I'm older. Well, it seems like you're doing a good job growing the beard, at least. Yeah. Your literal beard. Mm-hmm. Your literal beard. How does your beard grow when you when you grow it out? Do you get like a pretentious artist style real man beard, or do you get scraggly? Um, I get the scraggly. Uh, so I it's scraggly, but I can pull off the sort of Abraham Lincoln plus goatee. Like uh-huh. I can sculpt it down to a thing that looks like a real beard and goes all the way from my hair to my chin, all right, and all the way around my mouth. Um, you know, some parts of it are some parts of it are thicker than others. What I what I uh, don't don't like is the big tufts of gray beard hairs. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about? The passage of time, Mister Skullhead, with all of its sickening crimes. How many uh, how many Morrissey or Smith songs am I going to quote in today's podcast radio show? Well, you know, I'm not going to say that you go about things the wrong way because I know what you would tell me if I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Guess how many Smith songs I know. I I will be in the bar with my head on the bar. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Is that the only Smith song you know? Actually, no. I do know The More You Ignore Me, The Closer I Get. I mean, that's a Morrissey song. Because I Uh, I really like the Beware I Bear More Grudges Than Something High Court Judges. Like, yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's a solid line. It's a solid line even though you don't know it. Yeah, no, it's something, something, yeah, something. I think it's lonely high court judges. Yeah. You, know, you never went through a Smiths phase? No, I was uh, heavy into Christian music during my Smiths phase. So, uh, My Smiths phase was like freshman year of college. Because I, I like, I dated a girl who was like, I can't believe you've never heard, listened to the Smiths. And then was like, all right, you have to have every Smiths. Uh, she made me a mixtape that was like your They Might Be Giants mixtape that you made me right. which just made it so I can't I can't ever have Smith songs in my head in the right order from the albums right 
which I guess it doesn't matter. They, like They Might Be Giants, they didn't put albums together as like unified compositions. They were just series of songs. Although recently I've I uh, have been listening to CDs in the kitchen because we have a little CD player thing. Mm-hmm. And my copy of Apollo 18 died a long time ago, and I burned this backup of it back before iTunes really gave a shit about the order that songs get put in. So it's just like Apollo 18 kind of on shuffle with a couple of B sides thrown in, and it's just jarring. It's like it doesn't start with Dig My Grave and that's freaky and Turnaround is at the end and Spacesuit isn't even on there and like it doesn't it doesn't play right. It messes me up with the with Smith's albums especially and you know like with the refreshments uh, Fizzy Fuzzy Big and Fuzzy super familiar with that album but I have no idea where it starts because I had it on cassette. Ah. And I don't know which of those sides was side one. Right. You know, because it doesn't matter. You just listen to it, and then when it's over, you listen to it at the other side. And when that's over, you listen to the other side. And if you want to skip to a new track, you actually have to hold down a button and sort of wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hope you get to the right spot. I remember the the amazing tech leap that was. It would your tape player would sense the silence on yeah in between. Although that the pissed tape, you off with SCXXY. Because you always wanted to skip S-E-X-X-Y and it has pauses that are long enough to trigger the stop. Yeah. Um, now my, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made me, it made me kind of sad. Well, it was weird. Uh, I, we saw, right before I left, we saw 30 Minutes or Less, the, the movie with uh, Seth Green. <laughs> What's right. that guy's name? Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. And the fucking guy who I really like but I can never remember his name Aziz Ansari uh, no the heavy set guy from Your Highness and Tropic Thunder Danny McBride yeah, yeah. McBride uh, the car that they make fun of the pizza delivery guy for driving is a Mustang like the one that I drove in high school Aww. but it's like it's like an old beater that he likes but everybody else makes fun of and I'm just like oh that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> that was my first car. I totally want a car like that again. You should I think get it was a fucking a, pussy magnet. Get a sweet Mustang, dude. So not a pussy magnet. Hey, okay, so did I just did I miss the meeting where it was decided that a Mustang is equivalent to a Camaro? I don't even know from cars. Because a lot of people talk about Mustangs like they make fun of somebody who drives a Mustang like they would make fun of some, like I would make fun of somebody who drives a Camaro. Right. But I don't know. I mean, because I always thought of a Mustang as a pretty good car. My dad drove Mustangs. I drove a Mustang. And my mom drives a Mustang. Um, but are they like Camaros? Are we... Um, am, I, am I like a hillbilly because I like a Mustang? I don't know. Do you, you? I think you need the... I don't know. I think a Mustang more is like... Texas badass more than like mulleted dude from Tennessee yeah still with the accent probably with muscle shirts but less of a douche okay well I'm glad we've worked that out and I think with that we can probably end this show yeah I think we've given all the useful advice that we can give about which car is going to get you laid (sighs) our new podcast is going to consist entirely of how to get people laid because we're, we're pretty good at that now. Yeah, exactly. Good night, everybody.